0: our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journeywomen. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Wherever you are on your journey to glorify God, we're so glad you're here. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll come alongside you in the seasons and challenges of life to move you to know and love God in His Word, to find your hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in your local church as you go out on mission for the glory of God. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series called Rest for the Weary with a conversation that I shared with my friend, Jenny Manley. Jenny and I talked about how Christ sustains us in our weariness. As you'll hear, Jenny is a pastor's wife who lives on the Arabian Peninsula. She's also the mother of five kiddos, one of the hosts of the Priscilla Talk podcast, and an author. Through years of ministering faithfully within the four walls of her home and in her local church, like many of us, Jenny has navigated seasons of weariness in the work that the Lord has set before her. The wisdom that Jenny shares with us today will leave you feeling refreshed and encouraged in whatever work the Lord has set before you today. I can't wait to share this conversation with you. But before we go there, I just want to say a big thank you to those of you who support Journey Women Ministries by donating to the podcast. We are so grateful for your help as we continue reaching women all over the world to move them to know and love God. If you too would like to help us in that endeavor, you can do that at journeywomenpodcast.com slash give. Jenny Manley, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Thank you, Hunter. Good to be here. Jenny, you have had such an influence on one of my dear friends, actually, my pastor's wife. So it's really fun to get to connect with you through her and then just knowing. How you're serving the church at large. You are an author. You also are one of the co hosts of the Nine Marks podcast called Priscilla Talk, which I personally enjoy. But probably most importantly, you are a wife to your husband, Josh, who is a pastor uh, at a church in the Arabian Peninsula, correct? That's right. Yep. And you've got five beautiful kiddos ranging from kindergarten to a junior in high school, which is absolutely (laughs) insane.
1: That's right. We do. We have a high schooler. I mean, uh, yeah, 11th grade, two in middle school, an elementary student, and a kindergartner. So a big range.
0: Okay. Well, given all these various roles, I can only imagine like what your work looks like on a daily basis. So could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and the work that the Lord has set before you?
1: Yeah, um, you're right. In the current season that I am in, I live in the Middle East. We moved here actually 11 years ago to plant a church on a plot of land given to us by an Arab Sheikh. So that's That's a really interesting story. That's what brought us here. Um, Our previous work, my husband and I, we both worked in Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Senate, actually.
0: Yes, I was Googling before we got on the call, what does the chief of staff do in the U.S. Senate? So (laughs) you were a chief of staff
1: in the U.S. Senate? I was, yeah. I, I worked in D.C. for um, a senator from my home state for close to a decade before we moved to the Middle East. And I mean, it's a long story that we don't have time for right now, but but the short version is um, we were moving up in our jobs and really loving what we were doing in the Senate, mm-hmm. but we were members of a local church there and we were loving much more the work the Lord was doing through the local church. And we just, over time, our hearts just grew To want to do ministry through through the local church, so we ended up leaving our jobs on Capitol Hill, even though we were, um, you know, had jobs that we loved and and we feel like the Lord had given to us, but uh, we really wanted to go into ministry. So we went to seminary, and then um, the same time that was happening, this Arab sheikh gave a plot of land for Christians to have a place to worship in his city. And so, through a series of circumstances, my husband got the call to come plant a church. And that was 11 years ago. Wow! So that's, that's what I've been doing for the past 11 years of my life was, uh, helping him, you know, running a busy home with a husband who's a pastor and five active kids. And so that's kind of been inside my homework, outside my homework has been, I've actually had the, it's really such a privilege, but it kind of came out of nowhere over the last couple of years that I've gotten to work as part of a team of people who help the persecuted church.
0: Mm. So
1: I do things like, you know, and, and kind of hearkening back to my government days, some ways that maybe I'm uniquely equipped to help them, but help them do things like find visas. So people who are, who are vulnerable believers under extreme persecution, help them find visas to other countries that are, might be safer for them wow. to go to or help them find funding to um, support them while they're in hiding, things like that. So that's been a real a real privilege. Yeah. That's incredible. And then I guess you asked me what I did. So that's what I do. I mean, you know, I'm wor- wor- working inside my home, working outside my home, teaching ladies in my church, sometimes outside of my church. I write some, you said I was an author. I'm not an author. I write some, but I find it really hard to do. So I do that some, I do the podcast. Some. Yeah, that's how I spend my time. Well, if you listen to the podcast, you'll
0: get to hear like little snippets of every one of the co-host's lives, to include Jenny. And Jenny, as I've been listening, I have noticed you talking about some different seasons that I thought might be particularly helpful for our listeners, specifically seasons that you've referenced in a recent podcast in regard to hormones, which I do highly recommend everyone (laughs) listen. I I heard it was a very challenging Topic to record on, very vulnerable. But you talked about a season of like postpartum that was really challenging for you. And I imagine yeah. just other challenging seasons of life as a ministry worker in a different country, you know, outside of your normal contexts, um, yeah. would have experience with like feelings of just fatigue and weariness and hardship in the work that the Lord has set before. You So could you tell us, like, have you experienced a season where you feel weary? Would you be willing to share that with our listeners today?
1: Yes, Hunter. I definitely think I have experienced weariness. Definitely. But I think it's important to note that there are kind of different types of weariness. Yeah. Maybe. I think there's, you You were referring to a season of, of like specific trial I had where I had you Know hormonal imbalance. I don't know if that's what it was, or if it was a, it was, a, I was pregnant, had just moved, um, and just kind of out of nowhere, seemingly, I had this real dark and intense hmm. season of anxiety, and uh, that was very wearying for me. I is the kind of situation where I was like crying out night and day that the Lord would mm-hmm. take it from me, and it lasted for a couple of months, and then the Lord did take it away, but. You know, it was a season of, of real exhaustion. So I think we have those like specific seasons that can be days or weeks or, you know, I think another example might be like grief. You know, I know that you've lost close family members, as have I recently. And um just that's a that's a season of weariness. Um, but I also think there's like more, maybe more like long term mm-hmm. seasons of weariness of like just our fight, f- fight against our sin, fight for our own personal sanctification, because that's the work the Lord has me to do today. And that can be wearying and discouraging, especially if you aren't active in the fight to rest in God's grace and that. And then there's just the weariness of like living in a fallen world and having a heavy workload. And there's a lot on our plates and there's a lot to carry. And life on this side of the fall is hard. So I think- you know, ministry life is hard. Life overseas is hard. It's all it all can be hard. Um, but I think there, you know, there's different it, it comes in different shapes and 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 seasons, I think. But yes, I've yeah. known all of those in different in different ways.
0: Well, tell me about how the Lord has sustained you, like how you've seen him sustain you in such seasons, like in your own life in a personal way. And then maybe just share with us like how Christ sustains us. In all seasons, including our seasons of weariness,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I've definitely known weariness in all those ways that I just mentioned, and and probably many others. But y- you have to be able to say without a doubt that Christ has held fast to me through each one of those. And sometimes rest looks like reprieve from the situation. Mm. You know, the trial ends, the anxiety or the darkness lifts. Or the babysitter shows up and you can take a nap or, you know, whatever that may be. But sometimes he sustains us just by giving us more of himself. I think that's what happened for me that during that real season of anxiety when for months it didn't lift and it just got darker and darker. And I was more and more desperate for it to end. And the Lord didn't take it away right away. Mm -hmm. But he did increase my capacity to know him to find rest in him, to find enjoyment in him. And the during that season, you know, the word grew so much sweeter to me and I realized my weakness in a whole new way that was almost refreshing. My dependency on him was so much more obvious to me and his strength was just uh, made so much clearer in light of the knowledge of my weakness. So I think those are some of the ways he... He can sustain us. Mm-hmm. You know, we do hold on to those precious promises that He will hold fast to us, that mm-hmm. His steadfast love endures forever, and He set it upon us. And, and our weariness doesn't affect His love for us, or His care for us, or His sovereign goodness over us.
0: Yeah. As you prepare for the summer, we want to share a unique way to introduce your non-believing friends to a local church. Skylark. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you need to know about Skylark Summer Camp for your kids or as a means to supplement evangelism. Skylark partners with gospel-centric churches to provide summer camps as a means of child care. By meeting parents' needs for summer child care for kids having completed kindergarten through fifth grade, Skylark positions the local church to meet the spiritual needs of their community. They offer gospel-rich curriculum that is new each day of their summer camp kids can attend for one week, a few weeks, or all 11 weeks. Choose from one of their four locations offering a full summer program in Dallas, Plano, Allen, and Mansfield. The cost is $325 a week, but you can use the code JOURNEYWOMEN for 50% off every single week. What? Head on over to CampSkyLark.com to learn more. That's C A M P S K Y L A R K And use the code JourneyWomen for 50% off. You know, I think that a lot of times when I'm in those seasons, my immediate reaction is to like figure out what I'm doing wrong. And I think that's a result of like, You know, just kind of growing up in a prosperity gospel culture where it's like, Uh if I'm doing all the right things, then surely I'm not going to be experiencing just deep discouragement. Yes, yes. Feel so stinking worn down. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Does enduring a season of weariness indicate that there's something wrong? And like, how might we kind of examine our own hearts when we're walking through that because I do think like there can be seasons where we really are in sin and maybe we are feeling weary because the Lord is allowing like that to to you know be a burden that we aren't meant to carry that we need to lay down and and turn and repent. So yes, like how exactly can we right. examine our hearts in like seasons of weariness and 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 what does that whole process look like?
1: Yeah, that's that's such a good question. I I, I definitely think that we can screw things up so badly that we bring exhaustion on ourselves, whether it's from sin or just a lack of wisdom. And it's definitely worth examining our hearts when Mm -hmm. we are feeling fatigue. Is there a sin that is keeping me from sweet fellowship with the Lord or do I just need a nap? You know, those are very good and valid questions In motherhood especially. (laughs) In motherhood especially, (laughs) right? I agree. Um, But, and sometimes, you know, weariness can just be, simply a lack of wisdom and stewarding our time well. And I am the chief of sinners in yes, that. Same. I think, you know, one of my weaknesses is that I am easily excitable and <laughs> I can overcommit myself to the point of exhaustion on the regular. And I could give you so many examples, but I I think that's just my lack of wisdom and stewarding my schedule well. And that's just foolishness, you know, but I bring exhaustion on myself. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's just physical need. Sometimes it's just lack of wisdom. Um, but I don't think it's, it's always one of those things. Right? Right. Sometimes it's just God's sovereign plan for us that he has us in a season of suffering. He has us in a season to let us see the end of our humanity and our need for him. Uh, yes. I'm sure as you were thinking about Amy Carmichael, You know, I mean, how many times could you bring up examples of her life? Right. Of yes, she she knew that she needed the Lord. Totally. Um, I was I was flipping through uh, to the Golden Shore about an Judson today. And and I'm and I'm looking at his like, you know, sickness after plague, after death, after imprisonment, after beating and his discouragement, you know, it kind of goes on and on and on and on. And I think and he persevered through all that. That's what the Lord had for him. Right. If ever there was someone who could have just been like, I'm so weary, I'm done. It had to have been him, right? But it was the Lord's work and his will in his life. I, I love what you said about prosperity gospel, because I do think we all have a little bit of that in us, even even when we try to reject it. I think it can just be there kind of naturally that we sometimes think Yeah. If if it's hard, it's bad. Yeah. And that's not always the case, right? I did something bad. Yeah. I didn't put all the right inputs in because the formula should have been I should have had a positive outcome, and I don't. So I've done something wrong, and that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, we the Lord just has us in a season of weariness as yeah. as humans.
0: Absolutely, you know, Jenny. As I as I'm reflecting on this, I'm just curious. Like looking back on your seasons of weariness how have you seen the Lord grow you and strengthen you through those seasons? Like, how have they contributed to, like you said, just your spiritual kind of resiliency and grit today?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do think it's seasons of trial that so often are kind of the genesis of leaps of growth. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? So I, I look back on that season that we were referencing where I was, it was so dark and the anxiety was so debilitating. And I think that was probably the greatest kind of leap of growth. I don't know exactly the word I'm looking right, for here. Right, but right. Like, you know what I mean? A growth like spurt. A <laughs> gro- I had a growth spurt. Thank you, Hunter. That is a great way to say it. I had a spiritual growth spurt um, because of that trial. And I do hmm. think it strengthened me in numerous ways and it, and it grew my capacity for the Lord. You know, the yeah. hungrier I was, the more I devoured of his word. And his word become became sweeter than honey. You know, really literally to me. There were days that I was it was so dark for me. Hunter, I couldn't eat, but wow. I want I could not live without the Psalms. You know, that's that's how things were for me. So just knowing the Lord in that way grew my heart's capacity to take on more of him. Mm-hmm. And And that was what I needed for, you know, I had no idea we would move overseas. Um, But I do think that's what the Lord knew that I needed. I needed a greater capacity to take on more of him than what I had. And and he brought that to me through a very wearying season of of anxiety. Mm,
0: You never know what the Lord is using in your present trial to prepare you for what he has prepared for you.
2: Seasons of grief, sorrow, suffering, and loss cause a particular kind of weariness. It's a heart weariness, a spiritual weariness that can feel impossible to endure. It might even cause us to wonder about God's heart toward us. Because how are we to think about God and His character when we are enduring such weighty trials? Charles Spurgeon once wrote this about our seasons of sorrow and trials. He said, it would be a very sharp and trying experience to think that i have an affliction which god never sent me that the bitter cup was never filled by his hand that my trials were never measured out by him but on the contrary we can see the hand of god in all our trials in fact our heavenly father fills the bitter cup with loving tenderness and holds it out and says drink my child bitter as it is it is a love potion which is meant to do the permanent good This is the heart of the God who sustains us in our weariness. It's the heart of a God who sees our frail form, sees our hurting heart, sees our weariness and our suffering, sees it all, and cares deeply. Sometimes He sees our hurt and He ends the trial or offers relief from our circumstances, but sometimes He doesn't. Sometimes He tenderly asks us to continue on, leading us forward along in the season of difficulty, but not out of malice or unkindness only to offer us the eternal good of our own sanctification and of Himself. It is this God, this God of kindness and goodness, who promises to hold us and sustain us no matter what we face. I don't know what it is that you're walking through, but if you are in Christ, I know that He is holding you fast, that His heart toward you is kind, and that He is working for your good. It is this truth, my friend. This truth of who God is, even in your pain and sorrow and weariness, that can offer you true and lasting refreshment.
0: So when you're in the midst of a season like that, you know, I I think everybody probably has something like in their head right now. Like, honestly, for me, Jenny, I'm just thinking like at the end of a really long day of parenting, this sounds like so first world but you're just at the end of the day you're at the end of yourself you're just trying to get the kitchen clean so you don't have to start from a deficit the next morning mm-hmm. and you're thinking mm-hmm. like when will this end you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when do i not have to wake up to emptying the dishwasher you know and, and <laughs> i know so many people like the, everybody's in a different season right the, like everybody's season of like feeling that pressure is going to look so different but I'm trying to just put like flesh on what it looks like for me. So like when I'm there Mm -hmm. at the end of the day in the kitchen, like how can I find joy in Christ in that moment? How have you Mm -hmm. found joy in Christ even when you're feeling
1: extremely weary? Yeah, I do think that looks different for people, but the heart is still the same, Yeah, you know, whatever our situation is. And I think it's really good to remember what we were just saying that, hard is not bad so the opposite of weary isn't joy the opposite of weary might be happiness but joy is different you know yeah. and so situations in life that that leave us feeling weary may just be for our good and for our joy so it's kind of counterintuitive to us in the modern world who want to you know we kind of live for the ease of convenience right? That's kind of, for a lot of us, the goal to get through the day as easy, as efficiently, as pain-free as we can. So we avoid pain. We avoid Mm -hmm. situations that are hard at all costs, but really going through a hard situation and one that causes us to feel weary may Mm -hmm. be the conduit to greater joy in Christ. We know a greater dependency on him. We know his strength in comparison really to our weakness in those moments. And And I think that that joy is so much deeper than a circumstantial happiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just like over here Googling like antonym of weary and, and you know, what came up is refreshed Mm. and I'm like, I think it's so good to, Mm -hmm. to reconsider, like, what are we trying to refresh ourselves with, you know, circumstantially Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to find our true refreshment in Christ and Mm -hmm. the Lord just allowing these these things not to refresh us because <laughs> we need to find our true refreshment in, in Christ.
1: Yeah, I think um, that is interesting that the, that the opposite of refreshment is weariness or the opposite of weariness is refreshment. Because sometimes I think we can fool ourselves and think that the opposite of weariness just means not working. Huh. And I think sometimes that might look like laziness. Yeah. You know, rest doesn't mean just laying on the couch and watching Netflix all day. Right. right? That's not actual rest. It's going to give any kind of um, replenishment or refreshment right. from, from weariness. That's just not working. Yeah. And that could be even sin. Right. If the Lord has called us to work hard in something and we're neglecting it. So I do think it's important to distinguish between
0: mm-hmm. or maybe
1: to define what rest really is. And it's not just merely not working, I think it's it's a pause from our work that that leads to refreshment and especially an enjoyment in the Lord.
0: You know, so often, Jenny, I find myself like trying to look to the Lord, trying to like enjoy the Lord. <laughs> depending on the circumstances around me, I can often just feel like, man, I, I don't feel like your nearness. Um, maybe it's not mm-hmm. depending on the circumstances around me. Maybe, maybe it's just like there's there's times in which I don't feel the Lord's nearness or sense his presence, even when I'm trying really hard as best I can yeah, <laughs> to right. like look to him in my time of need. So right. what encouragement do you have for someone who feels like that's um, kind of regularly, like a part of their experience as they're trying to look to the Lord in their time of need, but not really feeling his nearness?
1: Yeah. Well, I do think that's important to, to think, what is it we're looking for? Are we looking for that feeling of near, nearness? You know, sometimes our feelings can be a big help and sometimes they're a big lie. And I think our emotions can trick us into believing all kinds of things that aren't true. You know, like that Jesus isn't near to us when we're weary. If we're believing that, then we're believing the lies of our emotions and that may be affected. Our emotions are certainly affected by our weariness.
2: So mm. I think that's,
1: thankfully, the Lord has given us other means to find that rest that he promises. I mean, he gave us his Holy Spirit who indwells us, who reminds us of the truth of who Christ is and what he's done. What better gift is that? He's given us his word. It contains all we need for life and godliness. Mm -hmm. His church, you know, a body of believers who, if they are, are committed rightly to each other, know how to circle around somebody when they're in a real season of weariness and act like a body, you know, a body, our actual physical bodies do that, right? You know, if I cut my leg, then my eyes see it and my arms spring in action and my fingers put the bandaid on or, you know, whatever it may be. And so that, I, I think that sweetness that comes from being unified in a body is another way that the Lord can provide rest to us. And then Christian brothers and sisters, you know, that's kind of individuals, not just the body as a whole, but Certainly, my spouse, um, Josh, has walked through such trials with me and been such a source of encouragement, reminding me to look to the Lord. Friends who have walked beside us, beside us in in different ways. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I would like camp out most strongly on on, or maybe not most strongly, but I would certainly want to camp out on on doctrine, just having categories of truth, yeah, in our mind that we can stand firm on and and say this is truth when our emotions are telling us something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is so good. I think it's so hard sometimes when you're in that season of weariness, if you don't have a reserve from which to pull, you know? Right. And That's so, exactly right. especially if you're listening to this and you're you're not finding yourself in that season, take this as a time to, to really dive in, like Jenny was saying, to developing and growing in your theology, and we're going to have some more episodes on that in this series, Mm -hmm. which is really encouraging. And your book too on the person of Christ would be such an encouragement to any woman who's just wanting to draw near Mm. to Christ and, and just to do that in a way where they're growing in their understanding of what the scriptures say about Him.
2: What means has the Lord given you today to find refreshment? Sometimes the busy or hard circumstances of life really wear us down, and sometimes in the midst of that we forget that we're surrounded by means of grace that God has lovingly provided to refresh us and offer us rest. Jenny listed several ways that the Lord offers us rest in the midst of our weariness. I wonder, are there things the Lord has placed in front of you that you might lean into in order to relieve some of the weakness you feel in your current season? Are you drinking richly of the gospel hope and encouragement that is found in God's Word? Are you remembering the truths of who He is, truths that offer real and tangible help and hope to us in our weakness? Are you leaning continually on the Spirit, God's very presence in you, to find reprieve from the weight of your own anxieties and temptations? Are you invested deeply in your local church community in a way that they can see you in your season of weariness and come alongside you and offer encouragement and support? Maybe the step you need to take today is to make a plan to visit a church in your area so that you can find gospel hope and community. Maybe it's sending a text to a woman in your small group to ask her to have coffee so that you can share some of your current burdens with her. Maybe the step you need to take today is simply opening your Bible and reading a psalm. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 62:1, In God alone my soul finds rest. Friend, if your heart is seeking rest, perhaps look around you and see the myriad of ways that God is already offering it to you—namely, in the way that He has offered you Himself, the one person in whom you will find true and lasting rest.
0: You know, one thing that Scripture tells us is that we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are. So talk mm-hmm. to us about that. Mm-hmm. Like did Jesus ever experience seasons of weariness and weakness in his earthly ministry? And, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what 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 might that be able to teach us?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good. i I just think having a right Christology. Our doctrine of Christ is so important. And I I think it is the most practical advice I could give to someone who's in a season of weariness. Yeah. Is to develop a strong doctrine of Christ because you Mm. can't look to Christ if you don't know who you're looking at. Yes, yes. Right? Or what he did for you. So, I mean, just consider the fact that he's both fully God and and fully man um, at the same time. So, certainly in his humanity, he knew weariness. Right? right? He was tempted far beyond what you and I have ever faced. I mean, imagine the kind of constant streams of attacks that would have come from Satan to the Son of God for his entire life, unrelenting. Mm-hmm. And then just imagine the, the physical weariness that he knew, even his 18 years as a carpenter, that was hard physical labor. Right. And then when he was in his public ministry, he walked around Palestine for years teaching and preaching and pouring himself out with people everywhere he went. I mean, he would have known a hard life. I mean, the first century was not an easy, convenient time to to live. Right. He would have known hard work. And in his humanity, he knew what it was to be hungry and thirsty and tired. He took naps right? The most famous snap in the history of the world. It's <laughs> and he was, you know, ca- catching some Z's in the middle of a storm. <laughs> we know that he had to withdraw from the crowds, right? To be with his father. Right. So he, we, we know that he knows what it was to be exhausted. And yet when he's fully God, he's sympathizing with our weakness from the position of God. He's interceding for us. He's ruling over our lives. He's giving us what we need when we need it. He's firmly keeping his steadfast love on us as God. So, you know, even just looking at who he is, is so important and giving us strength to know that our high priest sympathizes with us. He knows what it's like to be weary. Mm. But I also, I mean, if, if, if you'll just let me talk about Christology for a minute longer, because I do Please love this do. so much. It's not just who he is, but it's what he did. Right. I mean, as Jesus died, he's hanging on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Right as he dies, he cries out, it is finished. Mm. And I don't know if I know a sweeter sentence in All of the English language, you know, all of the work that was required to complete the work of salvation was done, finished. Mm. And then following that suffering, there was victory. And so if we're in Christ, that's what we experience, the complete and finished work of our Savior, who doesn't ask us to do anything to earn Mm. our way to him. It's finished. It's done. And so we're accepted into him it with his free offer of of grace and salvation to us
0: that's incredible that is what it means to really rest and you know it's so fascinating when you were talking about this just thinking about how like the cross the crucifixion is such a picture both of like ultimate weakness and ultimate strength you're like he right. is allowing himself to experience this horrific death and and, and to to allow himself to to be made weak and yet to display Mm -hmm. like the most costly strength that has ever been on display. I love thinking about Christ, especially just Christ on the cross and what he's done for us. And certainly, I don't know, just thinking about a lifetime of ministry. We often think about Mm -hmm. the cross, but as you were describing, like there's so many other instances in which he experienced weakness throughout his life here on earth. So how Mm -hmm. can meditating on his life and his finished work on the cross encourage us in the work that he has set before us right now in
1: 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think this goes back to Christology again, honestly. I think uh, when we understand union with Christ, that we are united to him now that whatever's happened to him has happened to us in a sense, you know, and that we're so bound up in him and to him and him to us that we go together it's like our skin has been grafted onto him and so when we look at his life we take victory in his victories we take strength from Uh. him and and we know that he is with us I think I think so often about how often God is God's steadfast love is mentioned in scripture all the way Mm -hmm. from the old testament to the new and and as you kind of build this unfolding narrative in scripture of how God first reveals himself in Exodus as this is Mm. who he is, a God um, of steadfast love, I mean, abounding in steadfast love. Um, And he kind of says, this is his name to Moses. And then we see it kind of slowly develop. What does that mean? And he, he demonstrates his steadfast love kind of all throughout the Old Testament to his people. And he's showing how he's um, bound himself to them and he loves them and he's caring for them and he's providing for them and hes it's kind of crescendoing. I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until we get to the New Testament and here Jesus says and like such a vivid display of God's love for us. And, you know, you carry that through then you get to Romans eight twenty six when it says the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray. That definitely came yes. to mind you were thinking about but what I'm, what I was trying to get to is um, if God is for us who can be against us. Yes. Um, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with us graciously give us all things? And he goes through and he's like, got this like legal case. Who can bring any charge against the elect? It's God who justifies, who can condemn because Jesus already died. And then he ends with who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved mm. us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. I just think that's so powerful when you think about the love of God that's been developing through scripture and then it shows up in Jesus and then it's saying, will he not now graciously give you all things? If, if the son of God has come to die for you. It's like he's just shouting it out again and again and again. I love you. I love you. I love you so much so that I will die for you. Who could ever separate us from that? And so Mm -hmm. I do think when we look at the life of Christ, we're just so encouraged to keep going, to not grow weary in well-doing, but to persevere because we've got this God on our side. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is so good. You know, what you were talking about in relation to union with Christ, that's becoming so much more vivid to me. And I've, I'm beginning to see, Jenny, just as a confession, like, looking back, like, areas where I've taken more ownership over my own work than I ought to, if that makes mm, sense. Of course, and now, yes. Like, you know, we we've been studying Colossians in our little church plant. This was probably, like, last spring. And that verse came to mind as you were talking, like— uh, from Colossians chapter one, where Paul is saying, like, I I labor for this, striving with the strength that He works powerfully in me, mm-hmm. and just like learning to detach a little bit more from this idea that I am working so hard, <laughs> and yeah, learning more right. to identify with the work of Christ, yeah. and then to attribute the work that I am doing to him um, Mm -hmm. and how freeing it is and also how, how it enables me to rest in him Mm -hmm. as I strive Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to work from a place of rest for his Mm -hmm. glory. So Mm -hmm. it's so good to hear that. Let me hear what you think about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's, it sounds counterintuitive, right? To work hard from a place of rest, but I do think it's, you're right. That the more we grow in this understanding, the more fueled we are for hard work. Right, because we're not working to earn God's love, but we're right. working for God because from we understand security. His love. Yes, right. We're working from a place of knowing what's already been done for us, and so we want to work hard in ministry. Yeah. We want to. We want to reach the lost. Life is short. Eternity is long. Yes, and, and we have a brief window of time to do the work that God has called us to. So, working from a place of rest doesn't mean you know not working it means yeah yeah taking that rest because we know what christ has done for us and he's invited us into that rest and then he's it's just like a grace-fueled effort to work hard done for him
0: yes isn't this what people mean when they say like christ is my life Mm. you know where it's like i just am so identifying with Mm -hmm. the life of Christ, what he's Mm -hmm. done, what he's done in me. Like Mm -hmm. my life is no longer my own. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about that Heidelberg catechism question number one, (laughs) like, you know, you're just like Christ is my life. And I think that helps us just to identify with his sufferings. You know, it helps Mm -hmm. us see where we're able to participate in the sufferings of Christ and it helps us to persevere um, as we anxiously await his return. So tell us how the promise of Christ's return really helps us to just continue moving forward with hope when we're in like really hard seasons of ministry.
1: Yeah, I do think having that mindset that he is coming back and there is a season of work that we have to do right now, I think it gives the concept of rest its proper place because rest is important. God himself set the, the pattern for it. Jesus invites us into rest. I mean, you read Hebrews and it's just such a beautiful thing, a theme of finding rest in the Lord and not from our striving. So, rest is so important when you've been hard at work. Mm. It's not as sweet when you haven't been hard at work. I know I keep coming back to this, but <laughs> I think for so long I thought rest is just not working. So, I really hate it when my you know, my day is so full of things I got to do. I hate that because <laughs> I, I want to rest.
2: But really, I just want to
1: be lazy, right? I just want to not work hard. <laughs> and that's in my, my sinful state. Um, but we're made to work hard. That's what we're made to do. And so when rest has its kind of proper place, I think it's easier to keep it there when we remember Christ is coming back. We yeah. remember there's an expiration date to our work. There's an expiration date to our trials. And that one day this is this life is going to be over. So it makes me want to make the most of my time now.
0: I love that so much. Well, Mm -hmm. what brings you rest when you are in a season of weariness? I mean, you just got off of like a season of travel. I know this is like Mm -hmm. more of an acute season of just fatigue. But Mm -hmm. what is it that brings you rest? This could be like maybe a passage of scripture that you turn to or even just a practice that helps you kind of reorient to the Lord.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I will say there is a there's an acute weariness that comes with traveling with five children across the ocean <laughs> on multiple flights. You know what happened I to us? Going. Imagine. Listen to this. you want to know about weariness? <laughs> traveling to America this summer with my kids. I went back oh. with just my five kids. And we landed in Newark, New Jersey, after a fifteen hour flight. And there was like a an airline meltdown this summer on no. the East Coast. And we landed on a Monday morning. After night, I didn't sleep the night before. I had a fifteen-hour flight, and then the airline said, "I'm so sorry, but we can't get you to your final destination until Saturday night." This was Monday morning. That's how messed up the airlines were, and and so I had to. Where's the rental
0: car? Yeah, (laughs) so I looked for a rental
1: car. I looked for a train. I looked for. I mean, I can't even tell you all things. I ended up standing in line for twelve hours through the night to talk to a customer service agent. I have never known the weariness that I felt after after that. Yeah, it was that that Bless is the season you. of weariness. So Bless yeah, you. you were right. Okay, so anyway,
0: <laughs> that's a side you have story. known it. You have
1: known it. <laughs> I've known it. Um, what brings me rest? I mean, it depends on what the what's causing the weariness. You that's know, true. I mean, that day I really just needed a nap. Like, I don't want to over spiritualize it. Yeah, I just sometimes need to stop what I'm doing and take a nap or put my work down, kind of in. And display of humility of like life will go on yes. for everyone around me if I'm not sitting here at my desk and go on a date with my husband who makes me laugh and keeps me from taking myself too seriously. And sometimes that's just what I need most. Sometimes it really is just spending extended time with the Lord in his yeah. word in prayer, thinking and trusting truly it is finished and I can rest in him. Uh, and I find the Psalms. I often go back to the Psalms that were so sweet to me when I was in that season of of anxiety, which was really all of them. So, uh, yeah. you know, spending time in the Psalms is really, uh, can really give me rest. And, and yeah, but I would also say, like, not to just discount the basic helpful things like getting enough sleep, eating yeah. well and exercising and going on a walk and getting outside and listening to good podcasts like this one. And, you know, just filling your mind with things that are good. Yeah. And taking care of yourself, and taking captive your thoughts. Maybe that's something I haven't I haven't said yet. That I do think is really important is just the the discipline of your thought life. Yes, um, of preaching to yourself things that you know to be true about God, and not and not when you're in those seasons of weariness. I think we're so vulnerable to listening to lies, mm-hmm. believing things that aren't true, listening to our emotions, and you just gotta with like take captive your thoughts and fight back with truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear, just as we close, do you have a psalm or two that you might point someone towards if they are p- feeling particularly weary
1: in this moment? I think Psalm 25 was one that was especially yeah. um, sweet to me. Um, a psalm of David to to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over. Make Me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead Hmm. me in your truth and teach me, for you are a God of my salvation. For you I will wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or of my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. That was such a sweet psalm to me as I thought about the reason that God's steadfast love is on me. It's not It's not because of anything I've done, but it's for the sake of your goodness mm. to when he thinks of me, for the sake of your goodness, remember me, oh Lord. Mm. Um, but I mean, I could read through every psalm and tell you something that was particularly <laughs> sweet about it to me in that season. Oh, I love that. Well,
0: this conversation has been particularly sweet to me. And I know for so many of the listeners, this is going to be sweet as well. We do hope that you guys will continue to tune in. If you're finding yourself in a season of of weariness, we hope that this season will minister to you. Thank you, Jenny, for taking the time to minister to each one of us through your words and, and through God's word today. We're so grateful.
1: Well, it was a joy, Hunter. Thank you for having me.
0: If you found this episode with Jenny helpful, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode and consider sharing Journey Women's Rest for the Weary series with a friend. As always, thanks for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you all. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.